what is going on everybody it's just jimmy leonard here today on another podcast uh we got a lot of information to be going on today we got a lot of information going on within playstation in terms of kind of what was missing i think i didn't bring it up last week and i was talking about some of the stuff with evo uh, as well as playstation kind of got a little bit of an interesting not a scuffle but a little bit of a legal issue that kind of has them trying to kind of expose their tactics about trying to get third party characters or excuse me developers into have exclusivity of games for playstation but on more onto that a little bit later as well as a little bit on some sports and of course as we still continue the celebration of 50 years of hip-hop so let's begin with gaming so with evo uh <laughs> this was uh, this was pretty much actually was supposed to be talked about last week uh there was a lot of information that was going on last week as we talked about it between playstation and other state of play and then so many games like nintendo and other stuff was just going on left and right that this one kind of got put on the side i i this one came behind my ears and we talked about it too because i brought it up I was like oh yeah what are we supposed to hear about evo and you know usually evo has their list that comes out excuse me early into like around january sometimes and lord and behold it was that week <laughs> so but it was a little bit earlier so that was my fault but we're gonna talk about it so of course, for EVO, for those who don't know, it's EVO is a uh, fighting competition that usually takes place around once a year, around August, beginning part of August, and it's just about fighting tournament. They have a certain selected amount of games that they always usually have every single time during that week. Usually, the games, depending on the games, some games may stay there every single year, uh, depending on that game, whether it's a series, like, say, for instance, Street Fighter or Tekken, and usually in the past years those usually tend to stay up on those stages but then you got some games that are kind of like a one shot <laughs> you know you see them once and you probably never see them again um so it really depends on that it depends on really the competitiveness of that game um uh, fighting wise and just the overall community right i mean who's gonna actually watch them play that that fighting game right who's gonna what what game has that type of competitiveness to bring in that type of viewmanship like that so and plus a lot of times too you gotta see exactly who a lot of people have been playing what video game of fighting so all things probably come into account um, especially since evo is now under um sony because a lot of times at the past years uh evo was always just kind of its own separate entity um i know it had dealt with some scrutinies over the past some years even leading up to the pandemic um between how the community is and Everything else in between, it was it was a rough patch. It was pretty had some had some dark sides to itself, and so they kind of just kind of wiped clean of everything that was going on in that randomness of space. And so Sony happened to kind of just basically, hey, you know, we're gonna pick this up from the ground up because at at, at one point it looked like Evo was just gonna be done after all the the stuff and allegations and everything that was going on in that whole ordeal. Um, then now they actually got picked up by Sony. So so it's kind of like Evo kind of still continued to where it left off in terms of the big core of it, and that is showcasing the players around the world that come over to Evo and play these fighting games. And and it's a, it's, a, it's a joy to watch. I mean, if you ever never actually seen any type of fighting game matches before, I know it's different because like 
why can't I watch people just play video games or fighting games? Why can't I just watch UFC or boxing? It's, it's quite unique, um, especially if you're fans of certain series of a game or you played the game before. It's like, oh, yeah, man, I played Street Fighter back in the day. Well, depending on how you played, uh, some of these individuals, they play this competitively and for a living. In fact, really for a living, like the cash prize is like 25000 There's There's a lot of money that goes in stake for this, you know what I'm saying? People drink, sleep, and eat all of this so this is this is their livelihood to some is a dream right <laughs> but it is also a very risky one too as well but that's this is what they love to do and this is competitive sense uh, this is also in the line of esports anyway so it's it's just pretty cool it's, it's been around for a long time so um still good that it's kicking off a little bit i guess a little bit now since you know it, since of as i mentioned before with the pandemic it's kind of had its rough patch because it's like okay well how are we going to do, go about doing this it's like yeah i mean at one point they had evil online and then there was a crowd and the social distancing and all of this stuff was going all over the place so um i think this might be the first year i mean you could say last year was in a sense too um but coming back to that normalcy a little bit from how evo is because let me tell you if you see any of the gameplay or just not even so much the gameplay but just the crowds i mean there's a bunch of people over there and mind you this this is always in las vegas so if you live in that area it's huge now of course going over there is also huge because you got to pay for flight to get a hotel <laughs> and food how about that right you gotta, you gotta stay alive a little bit for those those days being there so but also too evo is also known for a lot of games especially if those fighting games are on that list Sometimes even brand new games that no one has heard of, they usually make announcements of new games, DLC, etc. Before we've seen it happen before, what are the stage to do it? Then right there, right? Now, of course, some of these games have their own type of fighting um, tournaments, like Street Fighter. You know, usually have the Capcom Pro Tour. Tekken has their own. Uh, even Super Smash. You know, there's a lot of these games usually have their own tournaments because I mean, why not? They can do it. So. Just to give you the little lowdown on how that's all work, let's begin. Um, the first game that was announced was Street Fighter VI. Now, of course, we talked about Street Fighter VI a little bit because the game's not coming out until around the beginning part of June. Um, this isn't this isn't the first time they announced a game where the game has never been out from anybody to play, and this is March, right? <laughs> Still got a couple more months until this game comes out. And then once you get the game, you got maybe less than two months until Evo, right? This isn't the first time. I mean, the one I can literally have stuck in my brain is Blaze Blue Cross Tag Battle. I remember when that game came out and that announcement was made that that game was coming out to be an Evo. And that game didn't, sure enough, didn't come out until June. <laughs> so it's kind of funny how they correlate the matching here. It's, it's a coincidence, I know, but that's just hilarious that it's the same pattern. Right, because that year before when Blaze Blue Cross Tag Battle came out, Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite came out, and it's a, it's also a fighting game between you know Marvel characters and Capcom characters, and the problem with that one was that well, there was some problems with that game. I mean, gameplay wise it was great. It was other, you know, other materials such as the character designs and all that jazz. But you know, the core gameplay is still solid. But I guess it didn't give enough hype or much love. <laughs> to be up on that main stage instead it was a side tournament but i'm like dang you got put to be in a side tournament that's a big oof but then yet they give blaze blue cross tab battle which is a great game i played it myself it's great uh especially with the ruby characters in there oh, 
because I love the series of Ruby. So if you don't know which one I'm talking about, it's Ruby spelled with R-W-B-Y. A friend of mine got me onto it and it was like, it's a, it's a very good series. Um, but mixed in with Blaze Blue um, characters, Persona 4 characters, and, and Undernight and Birth characters. All in this one gigantic cross tag battle. So it's, it was pretty cool. But it still felt weird because it was like, dang, this game did not come out yet. And yet it's on the Evo stage. But Marvel's Capcom Infinite did not. Which is funny. And sad for that series. So, um, but, um, but yeah, going back to Street Fighter 6. Uh, so that's one of the games that's going to be actually be inside Evo. Uh, so, I mean, when you look at it, like I said before, Street Fighter has always been in Evo for as long as I can remember. So, you know, of course, it's been in there a lot of times, especially with Street Fighter 5. I didn't think Street Fighter 5 was going to be in Evo this year just because of the fact that this game was coming out. I mean, it could have, right? Just for the same reason I said earlier that this game's coming out in June. But again, they've done this before. So uh, I'm pretty sure it wouldn't be that difficult to try to get used to the gameplay of Street Fighter. It usually sort of to me, I mean, they obviously make minor tweaks every single game that comes out, which, mind you, this is the sixth game. Street Fighter's been around since what, like the late 80s, early 90s? <laughs> so, you know, it just, it's, it's crazy, I know. But also in between, they got like Street Fighter 2 Turbo and other variations of these games. So they kind of just drag it out <laughs> throughout the years, right? You think they should be on like, I don't know, Street Fighter 15 or 16, whatever. <laughs> now they're just on six. So, um, yeah, so that, that wasn't, that really didn't come as a surprise for me that that game's gonna be in there. Um, so it's gonna be a very it's gonna be a good treat. I mean, we're gonna all, all of us are gonna be able to play the game a little bit beforehand, but I really like to see how the game game uh, schematics are gonna be in a competitive sense with that game, being that it's freshly new. The next game that's gonna be announced is Guilty Gear Strife. Uh, Guilty Gear Strife has been out for a little bit. Uh, the series has been out for a long time. It's pretty much as far back as probably as a kid for me. Um, it's a very solid title. Uh, it's still recently new. Um, you know, it's a lot of great games. It's one of my favorites. I played that one too. And um, knowing the characters, you know, saw a bad guy and, you know, all of them in there too, fighting each other. And the dynamics of the different stages and too. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a pretty cool game. I like it. I like it. So that one, and especially I think this is, I think the second, if not third time, is on the list now. So, you know, it's pretty, it's pretty good. Pretty good. The next one is one I kind of was surprised about, in my opinion, a little bit, was Mortal Kombat 11. Mortal Kombat 11 has been out since about 2019. Um, I have it, I played it, it's great, you know, but I don't know, I just, I kind of fizzled out. I mean, within like maybe a year, I kind of fizzled out from it. And that's just from a personal standpoint, nothing bad against it, because there's still people who play it competitively. It's still cool, right? The cheapness of Mortal Kombat, right? <laughs> Fatality. <laughs> Finish him. <laughs> With Scorpion and Sub-Zero, Raiden, all of them. Doing the utmost disrespectful moves, cracking skulls, beating them up. Every every single which way, Liu Kang, all of them. <laughs> so, it's a good time. And Mortal Kombat's been around for a while. Um, has it been there on Evo stage every year? Uh, not really to my understanding i don't think so it's not always been like that it's always been like an off and on thing a little bit so but this isn't the first time they've been up on stage it's been up there quite a few times i think probably since that release of 2019 so 
yeah good good for that good for that game to come back in there uh tekken 7 is the next game personal favorite of course of a series it's my first fighting game that i ever I ever played period and that's going all the way back to the arcade days yeah for all the young tykes out there that you don't know it's like yeah i played tekken it's like yeah but did you play it in an arcade with the arcade sticks and the arcade machine i bet you didn't and i'm talking specifically like tekken tag <laughs> i mean they might have some still who knows depending on the area that you live in they might still have arcades with the arcade sticks i mean plus i mean even if so you can still play a lot of these games with the arcade cabinet or like the handheld arcade sticks i have a arcade arcade ugh, <laughs> an arcade stick for tekken 5 i mean i have it it could play i think for other games as well but i have it on there because it's on the ps2 but yeah it's a huge difference right it's playable in the controller but man when you play on the arcade stick it's different excuse me you can kind of pull off more tricks and probably to me a little easier because you know the analog stick's cool too but it's like the arcade stick feels natural because it's just the archaic way of playing it you know what i'm saying so for all the cool kids definitely get an arcade stick to play the fighting games that's the true experience but anyway that was that's that was my first game it was with an tekken tag and an arcade but anyway that was my lineage so with tekken 7 coming back in here um it's kind of almost having the same problem not same problem but same uh interesting transition like street fighter 6 tekken 8 was announced obviously uh within last year in fact it was announced at evo <laughs> last year so it, it wasn't really like officially announced it just said like it had like a trailer of like kazuya carrying Hayashi over the cliff kind of like to pay homage to the first game of tekken and it's just like oh yeah put him in the fire Whoop. and then they had like him having that smile that little smirk or whatever that smirk was <laughs> but you look at that from the playstation perspective and then next you know they just like kind of had like that little i don't know how you could call like a, a screen swipe where it went from ps1 resolution to like the current which is the ps5 resolution i was like whoa and it said get ready i was like does this mean they put in a new tekken <laughs> and like what a month or two later they put out tekken 8 as an announcement i'm like well gee there you go so yeah, that game's coming out. I don't think they had an announcement about that, but over time frame, they've been putting out a little bit of trailers of the characters that's in there right now that at least have been announced. I know they have some trailers out there for Jin Kazuma and Kazuya Mishima and Nina. I think those might be the only three so far that they announced. So probably over throughout the year, they're going to probably have more of those. Um, I just don't think they announced the, the release date for that game yet. It's still in development. So it made sense that the Tekken 7 and obviously clearly this is going to be the last year for Tekken 7 to be put into this game um stage like that so and there's a lot of cool stuff to go along with Tekken 7 especially with his guest characters with Akuma, Geese, the broken Noctis from Final Fantasy uh, 15. <laughs> I still can't believe they put this man in the game. I mean sorry enough when you play Final Fantasy 15 he's broken. You play Dissidia NT he's broken. You play in here in Tekken 7, he is broken. I mean, this man can literally just teleport everywhere and it's just. And the different arrays of items. And it's just like, dude. <laughs> that's. That's. That's something else. If Final Fantasy ever decided to do a 3v3, kind of like style of like a. You know. Dragon Ball Fighters and. Or just any 3v3 fighting game when you switch around characters like that. Yeah. 
I could see him being probably one of the favorite ones because that's just how broken that man is. <laughs> uh, but yeah, but Tekken 7 is a lot of cool uh, mechanics from there too. And, you know, you know, it's a pretty good send off, you know, so I'm not really surprised that Tekken 7 would have been in there anyway. Uh, it's been a solid title since it's been released back in 2017. So, yeah, I think it's been that long, but usually Tekken games usually take that long development within the next game. I was thinking we were going to have Tekken Tag 3 before we had Tekken 8, but they got their own schedule, so I don't know. Then again, it took a while for them to do Tekken Tag 2 when Tekken Tag 1 came out, what, early 2000s? And Tekken Tag 2, I have the poster and everything. I remember pre-ordering the game. It was like 2012, 2013. <laughs> so, yeah, it took a while. So, yeah, who knows. Then again, that's 10 years now, later, right? So, it's kind of weird. But, who knows. Next, Maybe next game. Maybe next game. But, uh, yeah, they're Tekken 7. Speaking of 3v3s, we got Dragon Ball Fighters as the next game being announced. That's also been around since around 2017's solid title. They haven't really done anything new in terms of bringing more characters in there into the mix, but it's still a fun title. People, if you look at videos on Evo with Cell, where people, when he had this man like chanting out on the screen and whatnot, <laughs> screaming, everybody starts screaming in the background. <laughs> it, it's funny, if you don't know what I'm talking about, just look it up on YouTube where Evo and Cell, and you, you'll you'll find the video, because there's about, I don't know, over 100 videos of people just seeing Cell try to just yell as he's ready to charge for battle, and everybody was just in the whole background just starts screaming. I'm like, <laughs> I can't believe they made this a thing. <laughs> um, but it's funny. So, good thing for Dragon Ball Fighters, that's, that's coming back. Uh, the next one is King of Fighters 15. So, that's a recently new game too as well uh, another uh, king of fighters i think is i mean they've been you know off and on i mean they've been around for a couple times now for king of fighters 15 um the king of fighters in the past is they always made their ways into evo as well uh so that's a very cool game i know especially since they had some updates going along with adding more characters into this game so yeah no it's a good that's a good game the next one which i never played <laughs> I never played um, was called Melty Blood. Um, how I describe this game, it's like an anime looking type of 2D, well, 2D going 2.5, I guess, dimensional gameplay, like fighters, like Dragon Ball Fighters, but it, it it's just that, how I see it as, it's just the anime fighting game. Um, it's not based off an anime that I don't know of, but it has that design look of it. And I say that because I think of a game like Undernight and Birth. Because that was a game that was there, I want to say it was last year too, they was put part of EVO. And people were thinking, oh yeah, that might return. And, that, and actually, that was a pretty good game. Pretty good fighting game. This one I just never heard of and played, so that one's going to be a little green on my end. But um, I, I'm willing to check it out, but that's just one game I have not touched. And I was thinking, okay, if they added this one in here, there's no way they added an Undernight and Birth. They can't have two of those in there. I don't, I'm not saying they can't, but after the, some of the games I just listed, that's, that's kind of tight window. Usually they have about nine games, usually. So, but yeah, I guess Belty Bub was the one that made the cut. But who knows? Hey, I mean, this is, this is exciting for the, for the um, brand. Because, again, there's probably a lot of games, like, like a lot of people like myself that never heard about this game or played it before, 
might find more interest in playing it then. So we'll see. Um, and as for the last game, um, as they were alluding to as they were making these announcements for these games, I guess they were making it now a mission to kind of bring back a certain, like a throwback tournament match game. That a game that's been there before um, the past years, right? Favorited, loved, great moments happened with the game, all types of stuff, right? And so I guess they will have a mission to bring back, I guess, every year a game that's been coming back for time. Like, that's been there a long time. So... Uh, that game to start off that train is none other than Ultimate Marvel versus Capcom 3. Yeah. Ultimate Marvel versus Capcom 3. I went nuts when I heard when they made that like, you know, that whole suspenseful thing and they had like going into the game and I heard like the opening. I was like, what? Because it takes me back. I mean, I was honestly, you know, I, you know, I was in it for a couple of competitive match games. Um, but I would want to say, other than Super Smash, clearly, <laughs> but other than Super Smash, Ultimate Marvel, well, actually, I should say Marvel versus Capcom 3, because there was an actual vanilla version of that, that that was the vanilla version before Ultimate Marvel vs. Capcom 3. The only thing about Ultimate Marvel vs. Capcom 3, there's more characters and the variants of the stages that are in there already. That's kind of about it. You know, obviously some minor tweaks to characters, whether it was strength in here, different moveset, et cetera, et cetera, and so forth. So that was, you know, you know Capcom. They're always going to make a another second version of a the game. They're not going to have just one game. No, we're going to have about three games of this. <laughs> Luckily enough, it was just only two. So, um, though this could have been just DLC, but, eh, eh. I mean, seriously, the game came out in 2011. About what six months later, this game comes out. I'm like, that's a short window, man. Like you didn't even let the first one breathe at least for a year. <laughs> you just come around around roughly the same year. It's like, yeah, we're just gonna, you know, toss that aside and just bring out the newer version. But anyway, yeah, that was that was actually one of my first fighting games I had did actually in a competition. I mean, I mean, you could count Super Smash as my first one, but I, I give it to Marvel's Capcom Three because the reason why I say that is because I remember I went. It was, and this is such a random place to play it at, <laughs> but it was at a library. <laughs> it was at a library, and they had a gaming tournament. I just, you know, usually would have my head stuck in around books and whatnot around the library, and they happened to have something in there for a competition. And I was like, oh, okay, for the teen, teen, it was kind of more or less with the teen competition. So I was like, oh, okay, whatever. You know how teenagers are, like, whatever. <laughs> Gosh. Leave me, leave me alone, mom and dad. <laughs> Teenage phase. <laughs> no. Um, um, and that was that was kind of actually one of the first games where I, like I said, was in a competitive sense. But it was weird because it was at a library. And the library, which is hilarious because the library now replaced it. And it's a bigger library now. This was actually kind of like a small library because it was like in conjunction with the Boys and Girls Club. And it was a very small library, so I was saying to myself, okay, this is the address? Like, yeah, it's at this library. I'm like, this is kind of small. Because in Virginia Beach, there's a central library, shout out to them, um, where there was a competition there, and I also took place in another competition in the library, and that also was Super Smash 2. And it had a bigger room. I mean, I mean, like, I'm talking like a gigantic conference room. I was like, this makes sense. <laughs> 
going to the other one at the time the small one i was looking like that didn't make sense i was like what that, this is a small venue <laughs> and i was looking at like okay um i walked inside the front door and i'm looking around like okay where's the games at like this is the library i see books i don't see a tv or anything it's like oh no it's in the back room it's like oh okay that makes sense but the back room is so small i mean they had a gigantic i don't even know if it was a flash screen it's kind of like one of those we used to call them flat screens back in the day but they were like had like that little square piece in the back of it, it kind of like it's kind of hard for me to describe so i don't have to waste time <laughs> um if y'all know what i'm talking about it's, it's it's not a flat screen tv on its own it's kind of thick behind a little bit and yeah anyway so anyway anywho let's continue uh the the game itself was there and i happened to go ahead and play that game I never heard of it because I was thinking they're going to have like another Super Smash Tournament. I'm like, all right, let me see who I'm going to beat this time to get first place. You know, not to brag, but <laughs> let me see who I'm going to whip this time. All right. But instead, Brawl was like as a side tournament. I was like, okay, so if Brawl's a side tournament, which really no one really was playing it like that, then what did I just sign up for? <laughs> what did I sign up for? And it was Marvel versus Capcom 3. And I was like, Oh yeah, I remember playing Marvel's Capcom 2. But I didn't hear about 3. I was like, what is, uh huh? The cast of, different cast of people in here? I'm looking like, what? But then I saw Dante, Trish, and all them. And I saw Zero. I was like, oh snap. You got Dovin Cry. You got Mega Man characters. And of course, you already, I already know the Marvel side. But I'm like, okay. I still didn't know who I wanted because I didn't never play the game. So I'm like, okay, who's tier? What, what is this? What, which one? I think I went with like Zero, Deadpool for marvel um and atomarasu it was like a game i guess it's called akami i still have not played it you know but atomarasu was just powerful in that game but everybody i'll never forget it, people were like chanting oh man he got the dog because everybody was getting atomarasu because atomarasu in that game is a beast no pun intended on the fact that she can literally just you know start kicking and biting with speed i was like dang everybody picked her so i was like i'm weak so then i guess i gave into the system and picked her on my team i was like okay okay let me just you know just roll with it and of course the person i was going against old dude didn't even know how to play the game so i was like it's gonna be the battle of what special buttons can i press <laughs> which one who's gonna win <laughs> i was like oh god this is this is ugly but you know, it's funny because unfortunately I did lose. Yeah, but I get a cheap move out of me, even though we both didn't know how to play the game. <laughs> but it was one of those things because some people, they feel, you know, mad and all over the place. Like, oh, man, no, you cheated. This game cheated. But honestly, I didn't feel sad at all. I didn't. <laughs> it was to a point that I was actually enjoyed it that much for that game that I went out once I left from there took myself to GameStop and got the pre got a copy it was pre-owned but I, th these days I mean honestly it was like brand new like you can't really tell at the time I never really knew what pre-owned was until like years later but anyway uh yeah I, I immediately once I got home immediately got some monies up together and I was like yo I'm going to get that game <laughs> I'm going to get that game because it had I had so much fun with it I did even though I did not know any of the characters, I didn't know any of them. Didn't know how the gameplay worked. I, I would have been like, hey, uh, sir, can I like take a moment to look at the move list? 
Of course not. This is in fighting games, in tournaments like that, you don't just stop the game to look at the move list. No, you need to come prepared. <laughs> and I did not. So, uh, yeah, and that's what happened. And uh, ever since then, that's how it was. It was to a point that I loved that game so much. Like, I literally sat there and tried to learn the moves, especially Dante's. Dante's was the biggest move move list out of the entire game period like he had the biggest moveset i mean plus if you play devil may cry it's a hack and slash game one of my favorites one of the best ones y'all could fight me for that like that's one of the best hack and slash games um but he had like so many moves because if you play the game he got so many moves i mean it's capcom what do you expect to on the top of that but <laughs> um but that game having him in there i was like bro and it was it was intimidating at first trying to actually learn the moves i was like dude he has so many moves but when you actually learn it and sit there and practice that every single time dude it's so rewarding and satisfying just pulling it off then the other people get mad because you know how to play it. i was like yeah that's right that's right <laughs> but it's just also too an ultimate Wars capcom 3 is also kind of broken <laughs> depending on which characters you play like wesker from resident evil that man is broke. That that's a definition of broken. Like that dude teleports everywhere. I mean he got humongous shrank, knockback, everything. I'm like, that is insane. Makes no sense. <laughs> makes no sense. He makes the Hulk look silly. <laughs> I'm like, what? And he's only he's a human being with you know, obviously sort of abilities that he had put in himself. If you know about the Resident Evil lore, that's kind of what happened. But I'm like, dude, that's insane. But he's also fun to play as once you learn him too. <laughs> but why I'm saying all this is because also because I also I almost play this game almost every weekend too. It's, it's one of those games I always practice every time when I get a chance. It's just so it's just so much fun. And now it's coming back on the Evo stage. And they showed a lot of trailers too. They showed a lot of the stuff, you know, rewards and gameplays and stuff that happened within that game. And it was rewarding. It was cool. It was cool. Um, so that is a that's a very special heart and mind for that game and i'm telling you a lot of people too because this game has been around for a while but it hasn't i don't think it hasn't been on the evo stage um i know it's been there when it came out but uh it's been some years that's for sure it hasn't been recent but it's been some years but to see that come back i'm like dude that's that's gonna be awesome plus low key if this is a way to get I know, you know, Marvel's been getting a lot of their stuff back, like, with adding Fantastic Four and, um, what is it? Yeah, they're getting Fantastic Four, X-Men, and I think Deadpool, they happen to acquire the whole 20th Century Fox that happen to own, basically, those three. So, maybe, you know, hopefully, you know, I know they had Marvel versus Capcom Infinite back in 2017, but the one thing they didn't have was no X-Men characters. Let's keep it real. All right, you play Marvel versus Capcom 2 and in 3 and you can see why a lot of people were mad cuz it's like they were so much fun. You know, Iron Man he's one of my characters too as well, I mean, but let's be real. Wolverine, X23, Storm, <laughs> Magneto, come on, can I keep going? <laughs> even even the Marvel's Capcom 2 you had Cable and Gambit. Juggernaut was in there too. I mean, that me with Juggernaut's playstyle in that game um all he is is just a tank. He just charges forward. <laughs> that's it. Like this, there's nothing much to him. But that's what I'm saying. X Men was populated over that entire game. But we, that's for another conversation for another day. 
I know I already dragged it off enough, but that's just my love for this game specifically because I was happy that this game's coming back. So that's definitely going to be a big watch there. So those are all the games. All, what, eight of the games. Usually, again, like I said before, you usually have nine, so it's kind of interesting they only just had eight this time. But that those are the list of games right there. So, yeah. So now everybody's trying to make it way so that way they can register to compete. And I'm pretty sure that lineup, if any game out of that group, is going to be Marvel vs. Capcom 3. <laughs> so we'll see how that works. And on to another topic that goes along with PlayStation to end off the segment. The uh, PlayStation happened to kind of, I guess, not deal with sort of legal, legal, mm, illegal stuff, but it's kind of almost in a sense where they are battling, I guess, with Microsoft about like the Activision purchase and actually making them reveal and making Microsoft make Sony reveal how much they pay for exclusives, right? Because over the years, and I talked about this before on many occasions, Sony had more exclusives and whether it was games or add-ons than Microsoft does. But then you always wonder and you was curious, how did Sony go about doing that, right? Did they, you know, did the, the publishers immediately say, yeah, no, we're big fans, we trust you, we know how many people come around the system a lot, you know, hey, let's have you guys have exclusives, right? I don't know, right? Or it could be one of those things, well, that, that Sony pays out money to actually get these games exclusively to them, if not add-ons, right? And I've seen it over the years, and I'm not just talking first-party games, I'm talking third-party. This is, this is the whole thing about third-party games, right? How they go about getting third-party games to be exclusive to them, right? Like, for instance, Street Fighter V. <laughs> That's been on PlayStation 4. Didn't go on Xbox at all. It, it, Xbox 360 and PlayStation 3 had shared Street Fighter 4, but they have never... Street Fighter 5 has not been on Microsoft at all. It's always been on PlayStation. Same thing with MLB The Show, right? It's been on PlayStation for years, and now, I guess, been talks with the MLB and you know, league and everything like that. I guess it was like, oh, well, let's make it more accessible for everybody. Let's put it on the, let's put it on the Switch. Let's put it on the Xbox One. Let's put it on everywhere. I'm like, oh, dang. I bet you Sony didn't like that. <laughs> but, um, yeah. And that, that was kind of pretty much what was happening. And so I guess there was something that the FTC was talking about that Microsoft argues that they were, in the case that you know there was allegations regarding high performance video game console developers exclusively arrangements with video game publishers uh it it also states that they were aware that sie which is sony interactive entertainment um requires many third-party publishers to agree exclusivity provisions including preventing publishers for putting their games on xbox multi-game subscription service and that understand the full extent of sie's exclusivity arrangements and their effective on industry competitiveness will assess so they were feeling obviously a feeling a certain way about having those games being put out there plus especially since they have the game pass they were like okay well let's see about getting these games up here but they can't due to whatever deal that sony happened to mention you know get with these publishers right and I guess Microsoft now is free to dig up how much Sony is paying these publishers. I'm like, dang. 
But I mean, I don't know why Microsoft has to worry. Sounds like to me they got a lot of cash on their belt. I mean, gee, they had big blockbuster, big blockbuster moves. You're talking acquiring Activision, Blizzard, and you also have um, Bethesda. So, especially Activision, that hurt. <laughs> that hurt my soul. <laughs> I mean, dang. You know how many games that has been made through Activision throughout the years? And now you guys just happen to say, oh yeah, now it's ours. You can have it. Nintendo can't have it. No one can. <laughs> so i'm like jeez a lot of times stuff like this you know a lot of us don't really care for though but it is kind of interesting to kind of hear exactly how much does how much you know sony does decide to actually pay up for these games in order to actually have it on their systems it is quite interesting so you know but if sony if microsoft decides to purchase pursue this they won't be publishing any all-time Compendium. They were limited to deals made after January 1st. So, and that was back in 2019. So, yeah. So they, they if they're willing to play ball like that, they're willing to actually look through all these things back from that date. So, that should be interesting. I, I didn't know, but that's kind of that's kind of something interesting to kind of look into. At least keep a story on in terms of detail moving forward but up next now we're going to talk about a subject within sports and we'll go from there and we're back so now up to sports i thought i was going to take a quick little look with mlb right now their mlb is right now in their spring training mode right now um, and throughout the time frame since spring training, I know they've been trying to get used to the rules that's been happening, that's been implemented into this season, as we talked about it some time back, and it's been around the news, how they have like the bigger bases, which I know a lot of people do enjoy that, it's actually coming from the players itself, so that way it's, I guess it's like easier to steal, um, you know, because they showed a comparison between the two, and it's like, wow, that's a huge difference. So, yeah, seeing that... Uh, having a timer up there for the pitchers and seeing how long they take to actually throw the ball, which they kind of try to do that back then, but now they make it an even thorough move on that. And then also even the same thing about for the um, the bases or for the uh, hitters too as well, because they can count that as a penalty as like a strike or anything like that. If the course of the clock goes out and you know there was no play and whatnot, that will be counted as a strike. Uh, so yeah, um, there, there's a lot and a lot of people get frustrated, but you know, that comes with change people who've been playing this game for years and yes, MLB's kind of been keeping the whole traditional way of how it's played, obviously made a little bit changes. Obviously they've been really sticklers on now, of course, the whole, um, the cheating scandal where, you know, you got like the sticky substances and whatnot, uh, around like any parts of your body to help you help pitching. They've been cutting that down, um, things like steroids, right? That's been cutting down, obviously, for years. But back then, I mean, you can go as far back with baseball. You know, people were able, were able to get away with that. So there's been changes over years that, you know, a lot of players had to get kind of used to, right? Well, this is going to be one big one that a lot of people are get used to. I guess that's just a way of trying to get, you know, younger individuals who either, A, don't play baseball, uh, who don't follow it like that, just had no interest to kind of get them interested, right? Um, 
and I get that too. But you kind of probably got to do a little bit more, maybe like shenanigans again, right? Like I looked at the game. What was it? The, the it was like some banana. It, I forgot what it was called. It was on ESPN. But it was a group that had like this. It was called the Crazy Bananas or something, something like that. But they did like a bunch of wacky stuff. I'm not saying MLB should do that. <laughs> I'm not saying MLB should do that, but. You know, I'm pretty sure a lot of them probably got interested in that because of some of the waggy stuff within baseball and doing the crazy shenanigans. I forgot what it was called, but but I'm not saying MLB should do that. They should keep it to what they've been doing, but obviously do make some changes to kind of make it interesting because I will agree, it will drag out a little bit when you have um, more innings being played, right? Like, it's already enough for a lot of us who have to get up and to go to work in the next morning that some of these games will be dragged out almost past midnight when you have a late game right because oh man we can't seem to get anybody to get home you either have people on bases to keep getting striked out all types of things so it's one of those weird conundrums when it comes to uh baseball uh but i guess they've been cracking down on that for a little bit so it's kind of interesting to see that i mean people are still getting used to it so keep an eye on that a little bit turning now onto the nba there was a lot of good games that was happening, especially yesterday. I know I was watching the 76ers and the Mavericks game. Uh, that was a little bit of a tight game, but the Mavericks just came away from them, especially on an offensive way of playing the games. I sat there and I was like, okay, you know, Joel B was coming in there, James Harden coming in there, shooting around stuff. But that dynamic duo between Luka and Kyrie, <laughs> oh man, especially Kyrie. I mean, Jesus, man, coming, just balling off, off the dribble, walk up shot you know what i'm saying so that's a dangerous team right there i mean we all said it but it was just like just seeing them two actually working like that right there on the court right that 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 was something to watch right there and then you also have the clippers and the warriors where the warriors actually destroyed the uh clippers a little bit and i was like dang and the clipper and the warriors and you have steph that goes to show you right there. And the Clippers, to my understanding, they had about everybody, really. I think you had Clay, uh, Clay you had Kawhi, you had Paul George, you had Westbrook up there. Uh, so you had quite an amount of people up there, I guess the regulars at least, that was up there to play. And they still took an L. I was like, yikes! But today they got some games going on. They got Magic and the Hornets. Um, I, both teams are bad right now, so... I, I don't know. I think Lamelo Ball has been hurt, so I might give a slight edge to the Hornets still, but that I wouldn't be surprised if Magic does win. It, it can go either way. Uh, the Trailblazers and the Hawks going over there to Dame Dollar and the Hawks. Um, hmm, I don't know. I might give that one to the Blazers. The Nets and the Celtics, probably the Celtics. I mean, the Nets <laughs> should learn their lesson when they win against my Knicks. Yeah. They got smacked down. But don't get me wrong. The Nets got a, still got a good, decent squad, but just not how it was, obviously, before certain individuals left, like Kyrie and KD. Um, but the Celtics, I got them winning that one. The Knicks and the Heat. Pff, please. The Knicks. The Heat wishes. All right, please. Come on now. Stop playing yourselves. We're on a winning streak, boy. <laughs> no, uh, knock on wood. Uh, so anyway... <laughs> The Suns and the Bulls. The Suns. I mean, KD, when they showed him in his debut playing on that night, he did pretty all right. 
you know, again, you can't really expect much right now for him to come off that injury. I know people are like, oh, man, now I need this man to just be balling out. Oh, yeah, I'm pretty sure he wants to, too. But, you know, you also want to make sure this man can kind of stay available, not just now, postseason. <laughs> so, you know, you got to let him ease in back in there. But since they got him mixed in there a little bit, I see the Suns and the Bulls. And I obviously will see the Suns beating them no problem whatsoever. You got the Jazz and the Thunder. Get them onto Thunder. Pelicans and the Warriors. Warriors. Yep. Give that to them. The Grizzlies and the Nuggets. Um, they play a 10. Uh, whew. Man, that's kind of tight. Ugh. I might get them on the Nuggets. And the Clippers and the Kings. Kings. Let me pause for a second with the Kings. I give them credit right now. I, I know we're not finished yet. They still got to go to the play through playoffs. But give it to Mike Brown. Give it to that whole team to doing what they're doing with the Kings. I'm actually taking them slightly seriously. Not even slightly. You know, let me not even use the word slight. I'm I'm actually taking them seriously with what they've been doing. Right? And I know with, you know, cats that they got like Darren Fox because he was my, one of my favorites coming even out of college from when he was playing over at Kentucky. I wanted him over at the Knicks. <laughs> right? And I knew he was going to be big too. It's just that, you know, he was going over the Kings where the Kings were already struggling as it is. And again, this comes back to when, once upon a time, the Kings were looking at Virginia Beach to bring the Kings here, but they didn't want to pay for it. Why not? Could you imagine years later that the Kings playing here? Man, that would have put us on the map. I mean, we've already been on the map, but I'm just saying. We Look at the Kings. Look at what they had, man. It hurts. They should have said yes. I don't know why they didn't say yes, but they didn't say yes. It's like forward, it's like Floetry said, all you gotta do is say yes. <laughs> but they didn't. They they just said no. Um so I give it to the Kings. The Kings, the Clippers, they play tonight. Uh probably after probably that sort of L they took from, from the uh, Warriors. I might give that one to the Kings. I'm really excited for them to see. And then the sleeper game. That is the Timberwolves and the Lakers. Yeah, I said it. The sleeper game. That's the one that you go to sleep on. The Timberwolves and the Lakers. Ain't nobody trying to watch that game. Nope. Uh, I mean, I could say a toss-up. I mean, <laughs> Lakers, I guess. Maybe. Maybe, I guess. You know, no LeBron. I mean, they got... I don't even know who else is supposed to be up there right now. But we'll see. Is Dennis Schroeder going to play... Not give up on a play. Yeah, I, 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 we all caught that. I couldn't believe he did that, by the way. <laughs> then when they were going against the Grizzlies that one night, I couldn't believe this man. He was trying to give a pass over to Anthony Davis, and it got turned over. And this man just stood there and watched as they took the ball. And it literally brushed by him. Like Not saying they gave him an elbow check, but he was in the way. So he kind of was in the way. So they kind of had to brush him aside. And, well... He didn't do nothing and got straight sent to the bench. I would have too. If I was the coach, I would have been like, hey, yo, no, 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 no. You're acting like a 12-year-old right now. Go sit yourself on the bench. You go after the ball. You, people might give him an excuse saying, well, you know, maybe he could be there when, you know, the ball comes back to the Lakers. That way it's an easy pocket. No. Yeah, you can tell by body language <laughs> the difference of him actually being prepared to do that versus actually just saying, you know what? Man, forget this. Because y'all, I can't believe this is happening right now. Man, screw this game. I'm done. And that's what happened. 
so I was I was appalled by that. I was like, I don't think I rarely would see that. <laughs> I'm just like, dude, what in the world, bro? What in the world? But yeah, those are all the games happening at at today at night. So yeah, man, there's a lot of interesting stuff. You know, stuff is getting scrambled up here. You got the Bucks at number one, Celtics number two. 76ers is number three. I mean, like I said, right now, it's still a battle between the Bucks and the Celtics right now. I mean, they both are pretty close in record. Bucks being four, 45-17, Celtics being 45-18. and 18. And then, you know, 76ers is about roughly four, five games behind. And it's like, dang. So, yeah, and the Cavs are not too far. But my Knicks, we're fifth. I know it sounds bad, but we're fifth. It could have been worse. We could be in a play-in tournament. We could be in dead last. But, we're, we're you know, we're getting there. You know, you know, if if they still stay in the spot they're at right now, seeing as though they got a trade, I mean, we're 37 and 27. So, yeah, that's a big climb to get up there to where the Bucks and the Celtics are at right now. But if that same call out is right there, because you got the Cavaliers number four, if they play out like that and we go against the Cavs, it'd be a good game. Cavs are good. Um, good in a long time, really. Probably since LeBron left, pretty much. So, yeah, and the Nets, they right behind us, too. Not that far, but, you know, a couple games, but, you know. And they got the Heat, surprisingly, seventh. And you got eight with the Hawks, nine Raptors, ten Wizards, Bulls, 11, Pacers, 12, Magic, 13, the Hornets are 14, and surprise, surprise, the Pistons, last. So, you know, that doesn't come as a surprise. But the West, that one always changes every time. Nuggets are number one still right now. You got the Grizzlies number two. You got the Kings number two, th- number three. Suns are number four, a couple games behind the Kings. Fifth are the Warriors, right? I mean, seriously, the Warriors that were like, what, around like the 10th, 11th spot kind of roughly, and they just jumped up like that. I'm like, that's insane. Mavericks are not too far from them. You got the Clippers number seven, Timberwolves at eight. Ninth is the Jazz. Pelicans, 10. Lakers, number 11. Hmm. I guess. Blazers, 12, 13th is Thunder. And once again, both teams other than the Mavericks of the Spurs and the Rockets. Spurs being second to last, Rockets being last. So, it's crazy. So, glad Eric Gordon game got out of the Rockets, though. Because, I mean, he had a lot of talent when James Harden and him was playing together. Because, bro, he wasn't doing much over there with them. I mean, at that point, you ask yourself, am I just getting, like, you know, not to worry about sales tax or states tax? Because I don't know why you would still want to be over there at the Rockets taking L's for days. I mean, pretty much being treated as, like, an expedition team that you just play as a scrimmage game. But, yeah, that's that's how I see it as. But, anyway, that's about it for sports section there. Up next, we'll talk a little bit of some music for hip-hop, and uh, we'll go from there. Up next is the last part of the subject for the podcast, and that is with hip-hop. 50 years of hip-hop, as we're still celebrating the 50 years of hip-hop, I thought I would put and turn into another segment of parts of hip-hop that kind of was underappreciated at times, and uh, sometimes, depending on who you are and how much you kind of dig in the crates and look behind like the CD cases or like vinyls or the you know the inside of an actual case whether especially if it's a cd case i mean i know growing up i know i was 
low-key i know it's kind of weird as a kid just like oh man you actually were just like looking at you know the actual who who made the beats who who produced the songs and whatnot i was like yeah i mean it was it was kind of interesting to see who actually did what it could be the artist that's rapping right now it could be somebody else you know you never know right and the composers and the instrumentals and everything like that i mean it's a team that goes together to making certain hip-hop tracks right <laughs> sometimes it could just be one person but you'd be surprised how many people are actually you know involved when it comes to certain tracks and so i thought i would you know pay homage to a lot of the producers that make up a lot of the hip-hop tracks that we bop our heads to to this to this day whether it's older or whether it's new and there's always new producers and that's great too because you have different ears and they also got inspiration from past producers that they probably looked up to right but they all bring up their iconic different type of sound or different modes to whatever beat they want to make right it's up to really the artists if they're really you know feeling that beat and feeling the production of what that producer is doing and they're putting it all together you know i pay homage to a lot of people like dj premier he's one of my favorite producers of a lot of beats that he has done over the years of course with gangstar and so many other individuals like nas you know what i'm saying like so rakim karos one i mean so many so you know so many artists over the time frame that he has done you know um it, it's it's dope you know and timberland is one of my favorites as well so you know you got the neptunes with pharrell and chad hugo and you know and especially with them they always had their own unique iconic sound right they did like especially around like the late 90s early 2000s i mean you could imagine if you had a pot run a list of how many artists came to them and had tracks from them and you could kind of tell if it's a neptunes track too whether it's the piano keys or whether it's the uh, hip-hop beats sometimes too like the drums a little bit you can kind of tell right you can kind of tell sometimes you might not maybe it could be somebody else who had like a similar type type of taste to it right so you have like a lot of those art like a lot, a lot, a lot of those producers a little tongue twist there <laughs> but a lot of those producers there but then you also have you know producers with just blaze uh jay dilla may he rest in peace but um you know i hear especially with jay um just blaze you can kind of hear a little bit it's like did like if you play I think just for instance, like Fat Joe, when he did like Safe to Say, um, did a couple other tracks too as well. I think uh, Just Blaze, didn't he? I think he did one with uh, Freeway. With, uh, yeah, 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 he did one with Freeway, uh, flip side. <laughs> yeah, that track, that track is still fire to this day. So, uh, yeah, he, he's done a lot of music too as well too. Uh, but even newer ones, even ones that's been around currently too, as well, like DJ Mustard, um, Hitmaker, you know, he, they got a lot of, you know, a lot of ones, Hit Boy. there's a lot of producers out here, right? I mean, one of my other favorite ones was Dr. Dre, of course, you know, how many, the, the man's a music genius, and to see what he has been able to produce throughout the years for other artists, not so much just on the West Coast, but just for everyone around, right? It's, it's, it's insane. <laughs> it's insane whether it's his songs whether it's others you know what i'm saying i mean you hear a lot of course with snoop dogg and eminem and 50 cent and even with kendrick in the game and of course with nwa with his own group but he just he's been around for so long like that and then you have like rizza 
right? For Wu Tang. I mean, especially by the way, also check out Wu Tang, um, Wu Tang's uh, series up there on uh, Hulu. Great watch too. I love it. Sad it was this going to his last season, but it, it hurts a little bit. <laughs> hurts a little bit, but definitely, um, definitely check that out. And like I said before, he's actually having a competition too. If you guys ever want to listen to, um, you, you check out his page and also check out Sway, where they have some kind of competition where you can, you know, put, you know, it has like a beat from the actual series, and he puts them on there and seeing how much, like, you know, put out your bars on that beat and you send it to them through their email. I think it's all those, all the information is on their link. So you just gotta find Riza and I know he has all the information talking about it too. So you can check him out and actually look at through that stuff. And it's a competition, you know, to see if he can put you up there as well. And then if you get picked as like, well, I think like the top five, they bring you up on Sway in the morning and they actually start rapping on that beat in front of them. And then they go about picking out who they actually want to put on that song. So they basically almost in set in sense they put almost everybody from the Wu-Tang Clan into that song. So I was like, oh, that's dope, right? Of course, like they said, though, you have to kind of provide transportation and stay. <laughs> you know, it's, it's an invite for anybody, but they ain't paying for that. <laughs> it's up to you. You know, find somebody you know, live in there for a little bit. I mean, it's kind of almost in a sense kind of what a lot of artists had to kind of go through a little bit they kind of had to make sacrifices whether it's that instead of somebody's place you know down in the basement or something like that to kind of live their dream so i mean it's kind of almost kind of having that mindset of you know hey this is coming from the ground up right you're kind of making a sacrifice to kind of come over here and trying to put your name out there and possibly get somewhere with it you know what i'm saying so it's it's kind of cool in its own unique way so i thought i would shout that out there too if anybody's been interested in doing that then definitely do that um but yeah uh they had a lot of ones up there too you know kanye west Yi. i mean he had a lot of great songs up there being produced too during that time as well um even still now but you know whatnot pete rock was another one that had a lot of um a lot of ones up there too so you know there's been there's been a lot of producers over the time frame that had a lot of um, productions for that too as well so it, it's pretty sweet I mean even artists themselves like Havoc had one too Molly Mal had some too you know he had a lot of beats on his own end that were like rappers and make their own beats Q-Tip was another one too you know <laughs> come on now <laughs> you know it's one of the greatest rapper producers of all time because he's always been a lot of other tracks too more than you may realize but he's been up there a lot too so, yeah. Mm-hmm. Manny Fresh, especially going down there with uh, Cash Money, Cash Money, um, Young Money Records and everything, too. So, definitely bringing it down there from the South, especially in the late 90s, early 2000s. So, there's a lot of there's a lot of artists. Eric Sherman is another one, too, I can think of. And it's just that they're all brought in, even though, again, coming from them, themselves being rappers, they also came in with their own flavor and their own beats coming in there and it was always so cool seeing that you know what i'm saying and i thought that was kind of like i said it's kind of an underrated you know enjoyment some you know again there's other individuals that really appreciate it but some don't as much as they should because they bring out a lot of um beats they they bring the life of the song without them you can't really say the song is alive 
right? It's the producers that really start that whole bubble, really. The cooking in the pot, the stirring in the pot, they're always making something every time with the beat. You know what I'm saying? Whether it's making the beat, how it's produced, lowering it, they're the sound engineer, they're the whole engineer himself of the music. So, and even if that means some of them coming out with original content, or even using samples, right? You know, and it's, it's quite interesting to see how about going about, you know, changing around the samples, right, of certain songs. Because sampling is still a thing to this day, but that's just how sampling is with a lot of producers. So that's, it's, it's, pretty, it's pretty dope. So I thought I would give a lot of mentions, and there's a lot of those, you know, you have Switz Beast up there, DJ Quick, you know, I mean, there's a huge countless amount of artists out here too as well that has done it. You know, Pimp C has done stuff too, you know. Oh yeah, oh, please, I can't even forget about 3-6 Mafia with Juicy J, right? So, you know, how many songs have they done with theirs, besides if it wasn't theirs, others too. So, it, it just goes down the whole entire list. So, you know, but between new artists and younger art, new artists and older artists, you know, producers are still a huge commodity in hip-hop. And they are a big staple in there. So, thought you guys might probably check it out on your own and check out to see exactly you know how all these po how all these producers go about doing it and really do your history and do your looking around with these producers too you know what i'm saying because there'd be tracks that you didn't even know if they made that it's like yeah i mean dj premiere i could easily tell it's kind of not that hard for me to tell because you know it's easy you know, it's, it's really easy. Plus, because I just probably listened to a lot of his songs, I guess because I kind of got accustomed to that. But it's easy, just like I mentioned about with the Neptunes. So you can kind of tell. You know, they always trick you sometimes, but you can kind of tell by just how they, you know, especially DJ Premier uses certain beats that they have done. But it's always been fire. It's always been classics. You know what I'm saying? Um, they don't disappoint. So I just thought I'd put a little bit of a nugget there for giving out some homage out there to the producers of time for you know hip-hop as we celebrate the 50th year of hip-hop but that will be it for me tonight everybody ladies and gentlemen thank you for listening to the podcast i really appreciate it hope you guys have yourselves a nice evening uh, and rest of your week and i will talk to you guys soon stay safe all right and later